Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Supercoach Edge for the Round 21 Review and Round 22 Preview. Well, we were naive, really, to think that we travel the remainder of the season without another mm. major injury. It's uh, It's been a fair while between drinks, you could say, as it were. And, well, drinks are now well and truly on tap with little Nicky Dacos ruled out for six weeks with a fracture in his knee. Those with the trade can count their blessings, whilst those without them, like us, Liam, will be having to rely on the bench warmers for cover. Well, I guess if you have any of note, that is, uh, or really any cover at all. Liam, mm. not looking good. Not looking good for some of us. No, it's not looking <laughs> good for, yeah, some of us. It's uh, definitely thrown the cat, I guess you could say, amongst the magpies with the yes. news. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll use a portion of this episode to run through the most notable replacements for Nikki Dacos. For those of you who do have trades, those lucky few that, that are out there, got to trade up your sleeve uh stick around yeah, <laughs> absolutely you'll get to hear some some uh some options for you absolutely and uh on top of that we'll also be joined by the legend mm. that is dr yes from Supercoach with dr yes who is one of the nicest blokes in the Supercoach community and just always a joy to have on to chat all things Supercoach. And, uh, of course, we'll tap into how he's going to cover Dacos himself because I do know firsthand he has one trade up his sleeve and we'll chat about his key learnings from Supercoach in 2023 and gauge his ideas for implementing changes to the game for 2024 and beyond. Yes, and uh, looking forward to that chat. It's always awesome. it's always a good time chatting with, uh, with DR. Indeed. And as you said, absolutely one of the nicest blokes in the Supercoach community. Um, but if you're not following us on socials and uh, you want to keep up to date with what we've been doing, uh, the latest news, what we're up to, post-match Supercoach scores, and of course, the odd meme or two when they arise, you can do so via X or Twitter at, at Supercoach Ooh. underscore Edge, Damon at, at DemoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search Supercoach Edge, and you'll find us there. Very nice. And uh, Twitter, triple X, that's coming. Mm. Did you also hear, sorry, before we get into the next bit, but there is a bit of a, a bout between uh, Elon and Zuckerberg, but uh, oh, there's yes. been a little bit of a um, each way bet, you could say, from uh, Elon's side of the camp because he's coming out uh, tweeting, Xing, whatever you want to call it, saying that uh, apparently he has to have a scan on his upper back and some other ailment that he has that may require surgery. So oh. he's already laying the groundwork to say that he's pulling out. Um, I think he's scared. I think you've seen the uh, the photos of uh, Zuckerberg, you know, in the gym or you know MMA fighting. Whatever he's doing, he actually looks pretty ripped for a nerdy bloke that he is. Full well, credit I mean, to him. Zuckerberg's just a robot, isn't he? That's so, true. Well, he's just want to fight a robot. <laughs> <laughs> and all Zuckerberg needs to do because he's a lizard. He's like one of the lizard <laughs> people. He just needs, needs to literally like just you know the lizard tongue. He needs to like lick him. 
Mm. And like the moisture from his tongue will like short circuit Elon. And there's the winner. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> It'd be the quickest fight in history. But anyway, let's jump straight into this episode by kicking things off with our usual recap in the good, Ooh. the bad, and the ugly. Yes, for those of us, uh, not us, for those of you mm. new to our show in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the more notable and the more forgettable performances across the round of Supercoach, and we touch on how, how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for the ultimate supremacy. And I'd say this week was the mm. ultimate supremacy. <laughs> Couldn't guess why. <laughs> Couldn't guess why you're saying that. We'll find out. Uh, so let's kick things off with the good and you can't look uh, much mm. further than the bit old sis dog. So the sis dog definitely had the dog in him, you could say. Capitalizing on the juicy matchup with the Pies, who, as we mentioned last episode, concede bulk points to defenders. And after a down week, he came out with serious heat to score 166 in a BOG performance. Mm. Must also make mention in this good category, Liam, a little bit uh, aside from Supercoach, but Supercoach related, a ripping bloke by the name of Paul, who recognized me on my old haunt, my old old hood of Reservoir, and came up and said hello on the main street there. And uh, we actually ended up having a bit of a lengthy chat about Supercoach and all things life. And must say, thanks for saying g'day to Paul and was an absolute pleasure to meet you, mate. And all the best, of course, for the remainder of the season. But mm. uh, it was quite interesting because I remember I was trying to get a coffee because I was visiting my grandfather in the nursing home down there in Reservoir. And the, the cafe was shut. And I saw this guy like walking towards me and I could see him like looking at the corner of his eye and doing a bit of a double take. And I'm like, this guy recognizes me, but I have no idea who he is. Didn't even like cross my mind that maybe he recognized me from the podcast because yes, yep. who does? I mean, a, a bulk of our um, listenership and viewership is on the listenership side of things. So they probably don't know what we look like. Um, and then, yeah, yeah he uh, I, he doubled back and uh, was like, are you are you the guy from uh, Supercoach Edge? So he didn't quite know my name. It could have been Liam. I could I could have actually passed myself off as you and be like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm Liam. <laughs> if he recognizes you, I think he knows which one is which. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he did actually um, he did actually mention that um, in a previous episode I'd mentioned about like living in Reservoir or something. So he kind of knew that that there's a fair chance just that walking it was the me. streets of Reservoir looking for you. <laughs> It was just a pure coincidence that I was walking the streets with an autograph book in hand and like a camera <laughs> as well. Um, and finally someone recognized me. No, um, but I, I must say that it's it's always a good um, affirmation that uh, we actually do have listeners and viewers yes. out there. So if you actually do spot us on the streets, which is quite random, taking it to the streets like Sam Newman in the footy oh, show. yeah, we should do that. Or at the footy, which, yeah, we actually probably should do it one day, maybe uh, pre-game. If we go to a game together, mm. maybe next year we'll do a pre-game. Um, I've got all the, gear, all the gear and some idea uh, with regards to, to video editing so and, and videography. Um, yep, just a little. But um, if you do spot us anywhere, feel free to come up and really just say g'day because mm. to quote Austin Powers, we don't bite hard. Just, just um, but yeah, even, even Paul was saying he's like, it's so strange that so other so like people haven't come up and said hi to you. I'm like, I've noticed, and you've noticed as well. And mm-hmm. uh, we we're chatting when I mentioned this story to you off air. And uh, the people I've noticed at the footy, they kind of do give me the same like side eye. And I'm like, it's just awkward because I, I don't know who they are, and I'd be happy to like walk to them, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, how's it going? But um, yeah, some people are shy, and yeah, they're just worried about 
we might go off the handle because we are loose units as people uh, describe us, as DR always describes mm. us, which you'll hear from later in the episode. But yeah, interesting nonetheless. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we could be like those celebrities that just hate being recognized in public and don't want people <laughs> approaching them. Yeah, like we are like at having a coffee and like, yeah. oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> like blast them. <laughs> Can't just see I'm trying to live my life. <laughs> Super coach is a different part. Why do you think life. I wear a hat everywhere? I just wear a hat and some sunglasses and a hoodie so that no one recognizes me. They yeah. live my normal life. Exactly. But although I must say, having having said that, if you were to approach me when I was out, like if I was out with my wife, who sees Supercoach as like the mistress in our relationship, mm. you might get that response. Yeah, no, I'm just weird. joking. <laughs> no, she's, <laughs> on, she's on board with Supercoach uh, until I win the uh, the 50K, if it ever happens, <laughs> or yes. weekly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's move on from the heights of uh, mm. from Paul from Reservoir to the lows of yes. our bad in Josh Dunkley. And Dunks had a what we would call a mysterious game by his standards, scoring just 77. He did spend 10 minutes on the bench in the first quarter. I think he only got about one touch and struggled to get into the game until a late flurry of points when the game was on the line. An uncharacteristic game by the ever-reliable Lion. And speaking with DR, it sounds as though it was a bit of a weird role for him, playing a bit more accountably, accountably, a bit more Uh, of an accountable role where he was a... yeah, focusing on, on Sarong. Yeah, mm, and it was Sarong. That's kind of like uh, Jack Steele as well, who played mm. a bit of a negating role on Crips at one stage. Um, again, Ross, Ross the boss lion. Gee whiz, he uh, stuffed over owners of Steele. And justification, just quickly to you, Liam, for trading out Steele to Mills. This is the one week where it actually paid off, and it helps you win a final, I guess. I don't know if it was the difference, or it would have been, but um, it helped you. Mm, it did help me. Mm. It did help me. Let's round this off with the ugly, and of course it is, unfortunately, because it is due to an injury, so through no fault of his own, to an extent, uh, Nikki Dacos. Uh, so little Nikki was having a terrible night as it uh, as it was already, being tagged to great effect by Finn McGuinness until his game was actually put on ice, much like mm-hmm. his knee, uh, with scans revealing a fracture, which has ruled him out for up to six weeks. So he wasn't having, having a, a good one to begin with anyway, so it's probably... Um, yeah, just went from bad to worse, really, or from bad to ugly in this case for Nikki D. Yeah. But let's uh, delve into yeah, how, how both of our teams fared in the first week of Supercoach Finals. So I ended up scoring a uh, 2,426. So I guess uh, nice. on the whole, my round wasn't too bad, having seen me win three out of my four main cash leagues with a prelim berth in two of those wins, uh, a semi-final in the other win, because uh, I finished outside the top four. And then the other game where I had the double chance, ended up losing that game, unfortunately, to uh, an opponent in my cash league, of all things, who didn't have Sheasel, didn't have Dunkley, uh, and <laughs> both of those players absolutely pummeled me. So uh, just just the bad luck we speak of when it comes to head-to-head matchups, isn't yep. it? Um, however, the strangest part of the week was the fact that my overall rank of 711, 711th, didn't change from last week. So no change. Ooh, wow. No change. Super strange. And like I opened up Supercoach and I was like, uh, is it having that error again where it's just not updating? I've refreshed it. No. Closed the browser, opened it back up again. No. Everything else had updated. So I guess that probably means that my score was the exact par score for those positioned around my rank or thereabouts. Mm. Maybe that's how it's calculated. I can't recall, but Supercoach data will probably be able to shed some light on that on Twitter. But so just absolutely crazy. 
never seen that before ever. But there's some people yeah. coming out on Twitter saying that uh, it's happened to them. I suppose uh, at higher levels, you'd probably see it. Like if you're first, you'd probably often see you not change rank. But yeah, not not probably something as common when as yet. Yeah, to like the the couple of hundreds, the seven hundreds, the thousands. Be closer to the top yeah. top thing. Mm. Um, but quite funny as well. Shout out to Supercoach Pleb at Supercoach Pleb does a lot of good meme work on Twitter, uh, and good supporter of us. He actually replied and said, "Yeah, mate, it happened to me. Thought I'd be number one, but hasn't updated, and I'm still twenty twenty two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> Very good gag there. So did enjoy that. Um, but just in terms of my team overall uh, and the ramifications with Dakes now being out, I'm now praying that Walsh can return mm. off the bench for me this week in time for my two semifinal games as I can switch Doc back into defense to cover for Dacos. And of course, Walsh comes back in in Dacos's old spot. But if not, it just means I will have to swing my multiple avenues of DPP to try and lock in the best scorer off the bench between, get this, I've got Chinkotter, MJ, Seamus Mitchell or Marek. So I'm not flushed with uh, quality off the bench uh, like I hoped I would have. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why. It could be worse. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've got Walsh. So. I'm going to have Chessa. Oh. <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh, that bloke I traded like in round three. That bloke that I'm still holding this, this <laughs> whole time. Uh, at least it's a warm body, as it were. Who I'm knows? The, I'm, the one, I'm the one owner. <laughs> yeah, he's one he's not even a zero percent ownership he's point point doesn't one. even own himself in Supercoach. <laughs> would you blame him really <sighs> um but yeah in terms of notable notable scores Merritt did the job as captain after english faulted as the vc while sicily impressed massively with his 166 mm. as the big pod so he is delivering um especially with those Coaches that don't own him. But uh, as always, you can check out my team talk segment on YouTube for a closer look at my team as we head into round 22. And um, yeah, a bit of extra content if you so crave it. But Liam, how did you go on the weekend? Oh, wow. Mm. Two points. Well, uh, I scored 2,428, which was two points higher than Damon. So (laughs) I finally got a win. And as we said last week, I'm pretty sure next goal wins. So... Yeah, yeah, we did. And the week prior to that and the one to that as well, I think as well. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty happy with my score, 2,428. I think it came down to Doherty in the end. I was, yeah. I was sweating on Doherty oh, yeah. in that last round, uh, the second last game. Um, but uh did see me climb up the ranks about 805 spots to sit 846th overall. Uh, so in terms of my team, I... What, 8,846, did you right, say? 8,046, sorry. I went I up 805 you're... spots. Oh, okay, yes, yes. I thought okay. you were coming from did me. I, then I was, I, I was absolutely butcher that? I was awfully scared. Mm-hmm. I, I almost had to do it. I did do a double take. I'm like, oh, my God, you're on my tail. Yeah, just, <laughs> I actually just went up 8,000 spots this week to sit 805th. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, 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 not quite that well. Uh, anyway, uh, in terms of my team, uh, I put the VC on... Libba taking mm. a bit of a punt um, against the Tigers. Um, I know the Tigers often give away points to opposition mid, so it worked out well, especially with Libba scoring 159, which was the second best score on my field with Sicily being the top score, which was nice. Um, did manage to win my main cash league uh, matchup, which uh, well, <laughs> all feels for naught now that I've got no trades and I've got Dacos injury. Um, so I'm going to run in the gauntlet from here 
as I rely on Weddle to sit come onto my field. Or Chesser. Or, tre- or Chesser. I mean, really, I'm just going to loop, loop old Chesser on. Let's be honest. Yeah, Chesser's due. He's due for a big one. It's coming. Remember that week that I, I think it was I played Black Arthur, Scott Arthur yes. with his team Black on White, and he had to rely on Chesser, and Chesser like scored like 80 or something the one Ridiculous. week. Yeah. Again, always the way. Uh, anyway, good. maybe I'll do it. Uh, yep. Anyway, but uh, just having a look at my field in general, the scores on my field, I had the two extremes. So my top five scores were all above 134, but my lowest five scores were all below 77. So really Jesus. weird kind of mix. And then yeah. there was a lot of like 99s, like ni- mid 90s to 90, 99, not, not, not so much around the 100. So interesting. Thankfully, though, a lot of those lower scores did come from highly owned players like Dunks and Dacos and yeah, which is uh, which is a little bit more useful. Yep. But Damon, let's have a look at the head to head. Yes, you're excited about this one, so I'll let you run through it. I'll let you run through it. Uh, yes, I am sitting on four wins. Uh, I, was to your I was waiting for you to say seventeen. Uh, so I'm sitting on top. <laughs> off the back of uh, the next, so next, I won the first Supercoach final, as far as I as I'm concerned. That's true. <laughs> actually, actually, let's do that from now on. Let's let's uh, let's wipe the slate clean. Give a little mm. bit of um, extra incentive for us to to keep going, um, because you know the uh, only thing I'm playing for now. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it is literally the ultimate supremacy. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, four wins to your seventeen losses and differential. <laughs> Four wins to my 17 losses. Sorry, my 17 losses to your four, to my four wins. Oh my God, I'm losing it. Uh, uh, you're trying to get any which way. You're trying to get one over <laughs> me. I see, I see through this. <laughs> and I uh, am minus one, two, seven, one in the differential. So yes. one good week could be back. Yeah. The comeback is on, though. I must be said. I've been saying it all all, all season. It's finally happened. <laughs> finally, we got there. The comeback is on. That's the first, as you said. It's the finals. You got the first week. You got three more to go, Liam. Oh, anyway. If you, this is kind of like the Ashes, because like the Ashes, you you won the first one. Like Aussies won the first one, and they got the English coming back, and then the last one could be a washout. Don't know how that would work, but um, I've got to come back. I'm on the back foot now. I won the home and away season. I won the home and away. You won the home and away season. It's just the fact that it's it's a league of two that we have to play finals against each other. Yeah. <laughs> we both qualify automatically. You <laughs> classic. Oh. Anyway, Very let's good. uh let's move on. Let's move on because it is time to chat about the Dacos dilemma in the rebranded segment. Talking dollars sense this is how we do it it's friday night i feel all right but no i'm the big chick the girls see i've got the money hundred dollar bills y'all if you were from where i'm from yes very nice well for those tuning in for the first time this is the time where we would normally discuss all the best potential trades and trade targets from week to week however as we mentioned last week with the majority of coaches now out of trades let's turn to the big talking point of uh, trade all things trades this week um, and the trading candidates for Nikki Dacos as that is really uh, how many will be spending their last trade for those crazy cats and kittens that have one left over uh, last 
week we went through the percentages of the uh i guess those people in the top 1k that had trades left and it, it did look awfully dire tried to have a look at supercoach data but unfortunately i haven't updated the uh the percentages as yet but last week 37% of coaches at zero 38% had one 19% had two and 6% of absolute sickos out there had between three and four um so yeah it's going to be obviously less less than that could be uh yeah almost doubled across the board there because I reckon a lot of people would have used up some of their trades um, for luxury upgrades, but hopefully some of you out there had one left over. Yes, but now when it comes to who you could target to replace Nikki Dacos with, uh, there are those that may have the DPP swings to allow you to bring in a mid or a forward or even potentially a Ruckman. But Mm. for those that don't, there are still a couple of nice options in defense that present as potential replacements. And let's kick off with the defenders, Damon. I'm going to let you run through. No, I'm going to run through this guy because I want you to talk about the next guy. Yep. Okay. Because I yep. feel like you can give him a bit more. A bit more. Okay. <laughs> um. So the first guy should come as no surprise. We've been speaking about him for weeks and it is James Sicily Sick Dog. Uh, Sistog, uh, defender eligible, 660.8K, averaging 116.1 with a break-even of 114. And he is still somehow a juicy pod with super large ceiling scores that only we, we can only dream about. Well, not not us, Damon. We mm. own him. So we yeah, it's reality. About them. Exactly. It's our yeah. day-to-day. Yeah. He, uh... <laughs> it's our life. <laughs> this is our life. We're living it. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> You haven't walked in my shoes. You haven't owned my super coach team. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No one wants to own my super coach team. Uh, but anyway, he uh, tops the list of, of targets for very good reason with a three round average of 146.3 and a five round average of 126.6. And his recent scores look something like this 58. 134, 134, 172, 136, 171, 102, and 166 across his past eight games. Last episode, Crazy. we did outline the opponents he faced on the run home with this week, he faces the dogs who concede the most points to opposition defenders. So we are all licking our lips as it is the perfect timing for those that do have Sicily and those that can afford to get him in. Mm. The only question is whether Bevo will adjust his forward setup to account for nullifying Sicily, much like Ross Lyon did, despite his Saints conceding bulk points to opposition defenders. Will he Bevo it up? Mm. Don't stuff us up. <sighs> the next two games after that, though, are Melbourne, where he has a matchup that's probably break-even, um, and Fremantle, who also would be a break-even matchup-wise in terms of opposition defenders' uh, points conceded. So we have highlighted over the last few weeks how much of a pod he is, and given his insane scoring, he is the pod to target. I even think with those break-even matches, if he scores, mm. I don't know, like 120 like yeah, i feel like that's his average yeah that's that's mm. his average really like 115 mm. 120 like it's not outside the realms of possibility between frio and melbourne yeah it's a high floor it's a super yeah. high it's like the highest floor we'll ever see <laughs> yeah exactly so like i think he's worth bringing in uh it's and if he can it's just hard to know what bevo is going to do mm. that's that's the main one yeah 
But yeah, he is probably the ace up the sleeve for those that can't afford him and he could help you win crucial matches in your head-to-head leagues, especially this week. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And like Melbourne and Frio, Melbourne don't really have a forward line at all. Like mm. they've, they've lost Petty. Petty would have been an awesome one because he was shifted as a defender down or up forward. Uh, he would have been able to play a defensive attacking mindset on him. Um, but now with him being out, uh, might actually open things up for him mm. in uh, the defense up against Melbourne and Frio. Again, I don't know if there's anyone who could play that role. Um yeah, it's going to be interesting. So it might be a positive correlation. Who knows? Um, but yeah, do like the look of him, obviously, if you don't have him. Uh, but next up, we do have a bit of a pod, a more of a pod, a genuine pod, in the form of Nick Newman. And he's priced at 543.3K, averaging a 97.6. And he's break-even, which at this stage isn't much uh, <laughs> of uh, use, but uh, 33 nonetheless. And Newman has largely slipped under the radar in recent weeks with a three-round average of 123.4 and a five-round average of 118.6. And his uptick in scoring has coincided with the turnaround in Carlton's form and winning run across the past seven weeks, which read with scores... 121, 59, 114, 106, 92, 137, and a 144 on the weekend. And being in only 1% of teams to date means he is one of the bigger pods available. And if you're shopping for a pod to help sort of differentiate your team from your league finals opponent, he is definitely an option. But the best part about Newman is he is actually 20K also cheaper than Dacos. So unlike Sicily, the trade here isn't reliant upon having spare dollar dues in the bank. Mm. Um, so I do really like him. He's actually uh, among the most traded in player as well, uh, looking at the trade trends. So people are all across it already. Um, and yeah, if you don't have any DPP swings that you can move to kind of, you know, I guess target other players across your team um, and, you know, trade out Dacos for a, a forward or a ruck or a midfielder. Um, he is someone that you can just sort of downgrade to um, and away you go, plug and play. I don't mind it. I like the pod factor, but the pod fact that the extreme pod factor that he is concerns me. Yeah. Tyrese like, Corrivard still. Yeah. Like I know that obviously getting up to Sicily is probably like, I don't even know what Dacos is priced at off the top of my head, but I'm assuming it's about 80, 90 K um, to get up to Sicily. Yes. Yep, Dacos. Yep. yep. So that's, that's hard, but I think some of the other guys on the list potentially offer options that could be better. The one, the one, th- the one thing, sorry. Um, go, go ahead. Sorry. I'll just, I'll pull no, up some no, stats yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I just, I guess I'm just concerned with Newman. I get that there's an uptick in, like, and it's it's a sustained uptick in scoring seven weeks. He's really only had one poor score there, which was the 59. The rest, like, at 92 is not, not a bad floor for a, for a, for a defender. Um, And a good ceiling. There is potentially part of the reason why, especially in the past couple of weeks, his scoring has elevated up towards that 130 mark. And it is to do with the fact that Doherty is He's largely playing, playing in the midfield. midfield. And that is obviously a flow-on effect from Walsh being out. So um, for me, I think it might be a bit, um, I don't know, still is it like a gamble off the back of that? Like, will his production go down? Once Walsh returns, obviously Doc's going to go back into the defense a bit more. <laughs> will he cramp his style? Um, if you discount those previous two games with Newman, 137 and 144, he scored in his past few games, 92, 106, 114, 
59 a down game against the Hawks and a 121 against the Sun. So still thereabouts, but um, it does show that potentially small snapshot there with those two games in recent times where he scored well, but his ceiling will be lowered, I think, with the return of Walsh and also with the return of Doherty moving back into defence um, as an avid cult man. I think I can see that happening. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I like it still. I think there's a, judging by the fact that a lot of people are trading him in, um, yes, maybe mitigates the risk a little bit, but still his ownership's not going to go up that much to really um, help you. No. Yeah. If he does have a, a bit of a, a bit of a downer. Mm. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, he's, he's probably still one to, uh, to think about, but just speaking about Doherty, he's obviously another target. Yeah, and he's probably the one that I, if I had to choose between these two guys, I'd probably lean towards Doherty. Yep. Um, so he is obviously defender eligible, 580.8K. He's also mid eligible, isn't he? Yes, he Dockers. is. Yes. Yep. yep. So you got the DPP status there as well, averaging 103.1 with a break even of 136. And we all know what Doherty can bring to the table with his reliable historical scoring. His CBAs have risen from 0%. To 58%, 64%, and 41%, all coinciding with Walsh's injury. And during that time, his scoring hasn't totally suffered, thankfully, but of some benefit, of course, with scores of 156, 93, and 107. While his ceiling isn't as high as previous seasons, the only re- uh, with only three scores above 115 all season, Doc's appeal is really in his high floor since returning from injury, with nine of his 14 games tons with his five scores below that 100 mark being 77, 87, 93, 94, and 96. Yep. And they're obviously not uh, not in order, but... um, No, yes, of course. They're just... um, Yeah, just shows you the the, the low... Yeah, low to high. The the, the low to high. Yep, the range. That's the word. Um, Doherty's the one that I would pick if I was picking between him and Newman. I know that Doherty's obviously higher ownership, but... I think there's more upside to Doherty. I know we know he can score when he's playing in defense. We know he can also score mm. well when he's playing in the midfield. Once, as you said, Walsh comes back, if that's this week, Newman's scoring could take a hit with Doherty returning to that defensive role, which then limits Newman, but doesn't limit Doherty. Yep. Yeah, spot on. That's my that that's my thoughts personally. I think if I was if you were going for a pure defender. As an option, I think Sicily, if you can get him, I mean, mm. Sicily is going to be hard to attain, obtain. So maybe it is Doherty. I'd probably go Sicily if you can get him, then Doherty, and then probably Newman for me. Yep, 100% agree there. Absolutely. Uh, there's only going to cost you, what, 11800 I think, roughly, uh, with the difference between upgrading day cost to Doherty. And as you said, like, that's that defensive midfield uh, mm. DPP. So if you do have a a bit of a swing, like a Chesser or um, Constable, if they're stuck in your midfield, um, it allows that um, that swing also activates that DPP swing. Um, but let's move on to the midfield. And yes, if you do have a DPP swing, you can activate. Um, like me, for example, I've got Doherty in the midfield. Um, if I had a trade up my sleeve, I could trade Dacos to Sarong by switching Doherty back into defense. So Sarong is the first, I guess, well, the, the one that we've kind of identified here as a potential candidate. In the midfield, um, he is priced at 563.4K, averaging 111.4 with a break-even of 90. So Sarong, I think, is worth targeting for a number of reasons. Firstly, his price. He's at a juicy level to allow for a virtual sideways trade of Dacos 
uh, with no loss. Uh, secondly, his high floor is something you can count on from week to week and give you sc- scoring security in your crucial league finals. He has only had four sub-100 scores for the season with 70, 84, 90, 93, with every other score eclipsing, obviously, a ton. In recent weeks, he has scored 101, 110, 126 for a three-round average of 112.3. But the cherry on top is this week, who he faces, of course, West Coast, who give away the second most points to opposition midfielders. However, that is probably tempered by the fact that uh, the other two games, uh, the fact that he faces Port, who give away the second Mm -hmm. least points to opposition midfielders, and then Hawthorne, and we all know the job Finn McGuinness had on Dacos on the weekend. So a 50-50 call there as to whether he cops the tag or if Brayshaw does. Um, But I think... Amongst all that, he is still a great option. Ownership is uh, still up there, I think, from memory as well. Uh, Just have a quick squeeze of that. 20% thereabouts. Um, But yeah, he's been scoring quite well. And that that high floor is really, really good. I think he kind of lacks a bit of a high ceiling. He's very similar to um, Brayshaw of last year. Um, But yeah, he gives you that that solid floor, especially which is crucial in um, your league finals. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed entirely. Um, I don't mind it. I think surely they tag Brayshaw before Sarong. Yeah, he's more susceptible. Like, I think more susceptible, shown. but also like I feel like Brayshaw's got more of the name. Mm. Um, for want of a better term. Yeah. Uh like I feel like that's the obvious choice. So I feel like that's where you would more likely to go. <laughs> that being said, I don't know. I'm not I'm not Sam Mitchell. Yep, exactly. We'll um out. another option at around that price point. Mm. Bit cheaper, in fact. Um, DP three Darcy Parish. Yes. Yep. Um, I'm not going to go into his Good price. Five sixty eight point six k. Actually, I will go into his price. Um, averaging one hundred eight point four. Um, pretty stable three and five round average. One hundred nine point seventy three round average. Five round average of one hundred nine point four. So bang on. Yep. Um, Faces North, GWS, and Collingwood. He absolutely loves playing Collingwood. Yes. Um, as North as well, likely um, a, a positive um, matchup, yeah. matchup there as well. GWS 50-50, but again. Probably better um, fixture. <clears throat> better fixture than. DP3. Yep. I would say. Probably doesn't have, hasn't really had the ceiling games this year. His yeah. highest score being a 131 against Port in round 16. That being said. I don't know. I have a feeling about that Collingwood game. Yeah. I don't know why, but he does absolutely love playing the pies. So could be could be the game that he scores very, very well in. Um yeah, that's just another option for you just to uh just to throw a cat amongst the ping- pigeons. Um but yeah, I don't mind either of those options, to be perfectly honest. I think if you can swing Dacos, if you can have, if you can get a mid mid in, I'd almost do that over probably oh maybe Doherty. Yeah, I don't mind. Definitely don't... Sicily. Sorry. No, you know what? I don't I'm actually gonna change my mind. Get Sicily in. If you can get Sicily in, that trumps everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, like if you it's gonna be very rare, I think a lot of people out there with one trade that have hundred K up their sleeve yeah. to afford the trade of a straight swap of day cost to Sicily. But discounting I guess Sicily of those like midfielders and defenders I'd be almost keen to go with DP3 just because of his ceiling. And as you said, like we haven't seen it yet, 
but he presents that upside because of the off the back of that. Like mm. there's potential for him to do it first and foremost, maybe this weekend against uh, North, and then um, yeah, as you say, against the Pies, who he plays well against. Maybe he pops up there. Um, right, it, it could be crucial. I mean, that's the Supercoach Grand Final of all things as well, the last mm. round of the season. So could come in handy. Yeah, I also think, and I think as well, like I mean, this is just sort of playing the averages. You almost want a good score. If you're playing in a cash league, most cash leagues, if you make the prelim, you're going to make some sort of prize. You almost want to focus on, don't worry about next week, worry about this week. You know, try and bank the cash in a sense. Um, Get yourself a win this week. If you leash, then you kind of get yourself something um, if you do make the prelim Um, and then go from there. Um, I think though, I'm almost leaning towards Doherty just I'd, I'd almost go Doherty and DP, DP3, yeah, uh, on the same level for me. Doherty's DPP status is what I like. So you mm. bring him in, and then if you do get another injury, God forbid. Um, yeah. Is that on the proviso that you do have that existing, or if, like if it's going to activate? Because, you, you know, you're, it's not going to You'd be have to have abuse, an, yeah. yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. You'd have yeah, to gotcha. be able to tr- use that trade. Uh, sorry, that um DPP status um and activate the the swing. Nice. Um, but yeah, let's move on to our next option. It is a Ruckman. Ruckman mm. of all things. Yes. How would you even do this? Uh, yeah. It is Lukey Jackson. Obviously, he is Ruck forward. So this could also fit into the forward line. But uh, yeah. it's not as not as interesting if you, if you put him as a forward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 506.2K, averaging 95.2 with a break even of 32. And he is playing as the number one Ruck for the Dockers and is suiting Jackson. Sorry, and that suits Jackson in recent weeks with scores mm. of 187 and 173 in his last three weeks since Darcy has been out with injury. In the run, run home as well, he faces West Coast and will ruck against potentially Bailey Williams, but maybe not. Maybe mm. not even Bailey Williams because yeah. he could be banned for a week. Um, but the Eagles are challenging. And uh, if I'm honest... If he doesn't, if he gets that one week upheld, like it is absolutely ludicrous. Um, Won't surprise if it happens though. No, but I can't, I honestly can't see how it happens. I can't see how they justify that being one week. Like it's, it's anyway. So he could be (laughs) up against Jack Williams. No, his brother. His (laughs) brother. Or some dude off the street. His brother or someone who's bound up the street. You reckon Jack Williams is just Bailey Williams with a mustache? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good idea, actually. Comes out with like the fake mustache and like attached the yeah, fake I glasses. I am Guy Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, who is, is Bailey <laughs> Who is Bailey Williams? I am Jack Williams. And then does Bailey Williams walk past Jack Williams on the side of the street and be like, hang on. <laughs> yeah, hang on. This is a guy that looks exactly like me. And there's a, there's a, there's a dog with a fluffy tail that walks past. <gasps> that dog has a puffy tail. <laughs> here, Puff. Here, Puff. <laughs> anyway, that was a, yep. a reenactment of uh, the Simpsons, Simpsons, Simpsons scenes yep. for you. Uh, anyway, so he faces West Coast, which we all know is basically facing no one. He then faces Port and will ruck against Vicentini most likely, who conceded mm. 105 points to Reese Stanley, of all people, on the weekend. Jeez. And then finishes the season against Hawthorne, so should be up against uh, Ned Reeves. 
I don't think Meek will be back. Uh, they don't concede the most points to opposition rucks, um, the Hawks. So, uh, you know, there's there's sort of not a not a positive correlation there. But if Jackson mm. can break even with a score on the hundreds, that should be enough. His DPP will also help if you do have, you know, a Cameron forward or if you do throw him forward and you don't have a Cameron, um, you could swing him with a Nick Madden um, if there is any, God forbid, ruck carnage in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, should be nice cover for the rest of the season if you do need him. So I do like Luke Jackson personally, especially with what we saw him do on the weekend against um, Darcy Fort. Mm. Yep. And we saw a bit of a small snapshot as well. I mean, I'm getting bigger snapshots here without without the great Hodor. Mm. Hodor. But uh, last year when he filled in for Maxi Gorn as well, was admirable in those efforts as well. Um, but yeah, it looks as though he's elevating his ceiling quite nicely. And with these matchups, as you mentioned, he is going to have an absolute day out, you would think, mm. uh, against the uh, Vicentini. Just reminds what's his nickname, do you reckon? Martini? Do you reckon it's like shaken, not stirred? Yeah. <laughs> Call him shaken. Hey, shaken on the footy field. Shaken, shake, shaken, bake. Anyway, um, let's move on to the last uh, prospect in the forward line this time, of course, if you want to target someone in this spot. Uh, if you are just chock full of to the brim with guns in the midfield and in defense, um, and you're able to swing someone back into defense in Dacos's place. She's or someone. Yep. You could target this man, and it is Zach Butters. That's him. Uh, 564.5K, averaging a 109.6. And Butters, he has drifted down in price to now sit at a more, I guess, palatable price of 564.5, as I mentioned, after being an eye-watering 658K back in round 12. So he's virtually a sideways trade in at this stage for Dacos. The depreciation in his price was off the back of scores of 118, 99, 109, 81, and 84, which I guess aren't super alarming. But during that time, he was battling a bit of a groin niggle, which seems to have passed given his uptick in form and scoring with 101, 134, and 137 Mm. in his past three games. And along the same lines there, most pleasingly, the CBAs have been 75% and 86% in his last two games, which are actually his second most and most for the season, which again speaks to his fitness levels. His DPP is also super handy to provide extra cover across the mid and forward lines. But of course, a trade from Dacos to Butters is only available if you have other DPP players to shift around into Dacos' spot or if you have Dacos in your mids, of course. Because, of course, I forgot mm. to mention there that, uh, yes, Jack Butters, mid-forward, he is a classic. Classic. Um, yeah, I like Zach Butters too. Now that he's at a much more reasonable price, um, their run home, I mean, they need to get a win, surely. Mm. Oh, um, well, they, they got uh, their top four, I think, locked up, but it's just a home final potentially, I think. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Thing. I also just mean in terms of form, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yep, want to get you. a win in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, they face GWS on the weekend, uh, then Fremantle and then Richmond. So not not an easy run, but not a not a overly tough run. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a weird run where you can see them losing all those games. Yeah. But you can also see them winning all those games. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Oh well, well, uh, I think he's um, he's definitely an option. But if we were yeah, to rank I mean, all those, let's yeah. just go back through. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sicily is obviously number one. Yeah. Aside from that, 
DP3 put in the mix as well. Yeah. I'd say it's Sicily first. DP3 slash Doherty is second for me. I'm going to. Yep, I agree. Not that. Gonna, I'm not going to split them because I actually think that there's benefit either way. Yep. Uh, then I'm going to go Butters. Yep. Jackson. Jackson probably next. Jackson's on... lower because it's probably a harder one to get it to get in. Yeah. Oh, like... I suppose if he's a forward, he's probably up like. Yeah. Yeah. Same... Of course. With Butters, but um, I'm just imagining that Butters is easier to get. In I think he could be in your midfield, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with Jackson, the main thing with him is the fact that he, like, if you don't have a D cam and you don't have any ruck cover, yeah, he provides a bit of security there. I mean, it's only three weeks to go, but um, like good scoring, uh, good form, uh, sorry, good um, matchups he has coming up, yeah. and then obviously uh, that cover if you don't have it. So I think if you're in the camp where you don't have cover. Maybe for me, I would push him up there. Yeah, goes up higher. Just it really, it's really yeah. team dependent, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah, and if you have DPP available first and foremost. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I think definitely if you can get Sicily in, he's number one. Um, DP three slash Doherty's next. Uh, Butters, as we said, then probably Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson could get pushed up if you don't have, um, right cover. Then I'm probably going Sarong and then probably Newman. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I like it. I am in at Grant's. Well, Liam, with that, let's delve into the next segment. And I I think it's I think it's potentially me. Am I am I this person? You are this, this person. Week? I am this person. So let me turn around and get my trusty captain's hat. Because of course, Liam, I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Forgot the toot toot. Yeah, come on. You're a happy pirate sometimes. Yes, I am. <laughs> anyway, sorry. With uh, with that, it's this, is, hear- this is I'm the captain now. Did you hear about the, uh, the new f- film that I starred in? The pirate film? It was rated R. All right, let's go. Let us speak of that again. Let's move straight on. In I'm the Captain Now, we chat about the VC and C (laughs) options you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for you to consider. Oh. Uh, indeed we have indeed we have well let's kick it off let's with uh seven million of them yeah there there is so many geez what are you done here let me just taking a bloody screen grab of the entire playing list in the af <laughs> but it's you good it means that there's quite a it's quite a few quite a few players of there's course there's actually some really good right. options this week yes actually. there is there is good reason because there's quite a few actually looking at these averages uh but first up we have tom stewart uh and in his last four uh he has scored boys. 18 18, oh, of course, he's got injured. 104, 119, a 95 for an average of 84. But as we know, with Sicily, he scored quite well. Points conceded by the Pies to opposition defenders. This fits Stewart to a T. So um, it would be a nice Friday night VC. Yeah. Yep. I don't mind it. Yeah. Now let's move on to 
the Saturday game, Saturday 1.45. It is the Ruse up against my mom in the Dons. I forgot what teams they were. Uh, <laughs> Luke Davies Uniaki, he is uh, he's an option for you. He's not got a great average against the Dons, albeit not really having played them very often. Uh, and his scores, last four scores against the Dons, are 68, 55, 99, and 60 for an average of 70.5. But I think he can probably throw that one out and uh, look at his uh, more recent average in just, like when I say his recent average, I mean his recent uh, form, recent form, uh, not necessarily against the Dons. Uh, and he has a three-round average of 122 and a five-round average of 125.8 with scores of uh, 106 on the weekend, 127, 133, 129, and 134 in his last five games. Yep, he is definitely an option, but so too, Liam, is mm. your El Capitano himself. He should be wearing this hat. Yes. Zachary Merritt, and he absolutely loves playing the Ruse. In his last four, he scored 137, 140, 117, and 114 for an average of 127. And must note as well that North, they give away the most points to inside mids. Um, so matchup, recent form against them. It's all coming up Millhouse for, uh, for Merritt, I think. Would there be a tag? Yeah, that's the only thing. Um, who do they use? They used uh, Eddie Ford at one stage. Yeah. Um, Liam Shields isn't playing, I don't think. Uh, Greenwood, I don't think he's playing. Um, okay. Who knows? You just say but, no next time. Do they do they need do they need to tag though? No, because they need to lose. Exactly. So, that so there's they your answer. Can, yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah. Clarko, but then Clarko, what's Clarko gonna do? The competitive beast, yeah. Mm. yeah well. Anyway, let's move on to the next game. <laughs> and it is Sydney up against Gold Coast. And we've got my boy. Errol, Ooh. Errol Goulden, he has scores of 115, 73, 38, and 95 in his last four against the Swannies for an average of 80.25. But uh, he's playing at the SCG. Mm. He loves playing at the SCG. Yep. Um, and Nick. his last game at the SCG, he scored 117, 124 before that, 164 before that. And I'm mm. going to deliberately leave out the next one because it was a 62, <laughs> uh, a 93. But then before that, 156. Yes. 119, 102. So. Yeah, he's in yeah. incredible form. So, um, form. yeah. And up against the uh, the Suns. Um, yeah. Yeah. Swans need to win, obviously, as well, in order to stay in touch with the potentially a top eight berth. It's going to be tough for mm-hmm. them, but um, still, nonetheless, they need to win. Uh, then also we have Tuki Miller in that same game, uh, making his return from uh, the squirrel grip. Uh, he got a grip himself, I think, off field, and he just probably reflected on himself and said, "I've ballsed up." Um, to really, you know, put it bluntly, he looked at himself in the mirror and said, "Yeah, I've ballsed up." But anyway, uh, he's ended up scoring his last four: one thirteen, one twelve. I love your straight face. Uh, one thirteen, one twelve. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what. I don't know. One, Did he do anything wrong? No, not that I know of. Uh, to Zork, Zorko? No, deserves it. Uh, 146 and 148 <laughs> for an average of 129.75. So uh, mm. awesome form line against the Swans. Uh, does need to bounce back slightly, and I think he would probably come out breathing fire. Um, yes, and uh, want to bounce Grab back. Grab this game by the balls? Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Very good. Very good. The way that he should or shouldn't uh, in the AFL's eyes. Anyway. Um, and what's the next game? It is uh, Brisbane, Brisbane up against Adelaide, up at the Gabba. Yes. Uh, Lockie Neal, one average of uh, 133 against the Crows. Mm. It scores of 122, 115, 147, and 148. Yes. Uh, worry about the uh, potential tag coming from Keys potentially. Mm. Uh, and, Stop yeah, tagging I mean, him. Yeah. Stop tagging him. Everyone's tag got him. Tag someone though. else. Yeah. Don't, well, not someone else. Not this next guy. No, tag, Josh, Josh Dunkley. Tag someone else. Someone tag, else. Tag Ashcroft in the yeah. crowd. <laughs> uh, so Dunkley, he scored... In his last four against the Crows, 146, mm. 142, a 65 and an 88 for an average of 110.25. Obviously had a downer uh, on the weekend. Uh, uncharacteristic, as you mentioned earlier in the episode. So I reckon he'll come back breathing fire. He'll want to bounce back. Uh, he is an awesome player. So will be definitely a pod option uh, if you're looking at one. And again, a game they need to win to sort of shore up their their pre-credentials as a, you know, top two team yeah. potentially. Yep. Um, home final. Home final. I think that'll suit Brisbane and they'll hopefully come out breathing fire up at the Gabba. Um, on the other side of the field, though, we've got Rory Laird, 115, 142, 129 and 86 against the Lions for scores for an average of 118. Um, probably none that I wouldn't look at necessarily. Been in a bit of a, not the best scores Line. recently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, likewise um, as well, I think, is his teammate. Like Jordan Dawson, he's only averaged a 92.5 against them, uh, 120, 107, 79, and a 64. He's someone that I don't trust as much either. He's kind of been – his form line's been tapering. He's got an 89 on the weekend, just not good enough, and I think it's mm. too much of a risk anyway. I think even if it is a VC, I think there's better ones out there, especially those we've already spoken about. I'm probably a bit harsh on Laird. He has scored a 151 three rounds ago. Uh, he injured his shoulder, he but he was like shoulder. jabbed up. <laughs> but And then returned for a 129 in the showdown. But yeah, 93 on the weekend. Yeah, I think there's better options this round in particular. Now moving on to the next match, and it is your mob up yep. against Melbourne at the MCG on Saturday night. And we've got Sam Doherty in this one. 107.5 is is his average against the D's with scores of 96, 121, 120, and 93. Yeah, I'm personally not as much of a fan. Again, as we spoke about earlier with regards to Walsh, if Walsh is returning, uh, maybe that sees a bit of uh, a bit of an uptick in form, mm. maybe, uh, considering Newman's doing a good job up there. Might be able to sap some of the points out of Newman um, and, yeah, get more of a high score there. But even then, yeah, it's a tough game. Um, I'd be probably more comfortable in putting the VC potentially, if you can, on this guy in Christian mm. Petrarca, 159 in his most recent game earlier this season, uh, a 99, 101, and a 126 for an average of 121.25. So absolutely loves playing my mob. Um, and with Oliver potentially making his return, that's the only caveat there. It may mean that Petrarca plays more time up forward, um, compared to what he has, where he's been kind of splitting his time. Um, but who knows? Maybe they might try and manage Clary and mm. means there's more mid-time for Petrarca. Who knows? But I think nonetheless, he's going to absolutely go bananas in a way because I think Petrarca played that game alongside Oliver 
for that 159 from memory. Yeah. So, um, yeah, is is a good option. <clears throat> yep. I agree. Moving on uh, to Maxi Gorn, another mm. option for you. If you are an owner, he has scores of 103, 129, 117, and 184 in his last four against the Blues for an average of 133.25. A big caveat here is whether we see the return of Grunt to uh, the Demons lineup. Yep. So exactly. I will be waiting for team sheets for that one. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. With Petty being out. There's a fair chance that that happens. Uh, but uh, next up, we have Andy Brayshaw, and he is averaging a 101.75 against the Eagles in this mm. next game, of course. Um, and his recent scores are 84, 96, 106, and 121. To be honest, they do love to tag him, though. That's the thing. They love tagging him. Yeah, they do. Even though the Eagles don't want to win, but they tried to win against your mob and were very, very close. Um I don't know. Will they tag? They didn't tag Merritt or Parrish in the weekend. No. But still, I guess, yeah, this is a different kettle of fish rivalry. Yeah, it's a bit of a different game. Yeah. They'll still try and win, I think. We'll put a scare up them. See what happens. But yeah, mm-hmm. even then, I think, yeah, I'd be looking elsewhere. Yeah, likewise. Uh, another option for you is Caleb Sarong. He scored a 146 in their most recent encounter, an 88, a 53, and a 135 for an average of 105.5. If you were going to choose to go with one of these guys, I'd be going Sarong. I don't think he mm. gets the attention, and I think he can score well. Yep, totally agree with that. Uh, next up, we have Sisley, who presents as a massive option, as we Sisley. mentioned earlier. Uh, the good old Sis dog. He uh, He's coming up against the actual dogs himself. Um, and, yeah, he's um, he could dine out because the dogs – as you mentioned, they uh, concede the most points to defenders at present. Uh, and in his last four against them, he scored a 128 most recently earlier this year, mm-hmm. an 87, 134, and an 81 for an average of 107.5. But again, just be wary about Bevo. May pull a shifty. Um, but maybe he only does that if the Hawks get a bit of a run on early on and put a scare up the dogs. Maybe they shift things in-game. Maybe they're just back in their process and their system um, and go from there. Hopefully, for those of us who own him, we'll see what happens. If I don't do it. Yeah, please don't if do it. If you're listening. Yeah, please don't do it. Anyway, let's move on to the <laughs> other side of the field. Yes. Tim, I'm just trying to telepathically tell Bevo uh, how okay. to do it. Um, Tim English. Uh <laughs> He's not got a great average against the Hawks. Uh, scores of yeah. 90, 102, 82, and 103, with that 90 coming earlier in the year as well. He has uh, an average of 94.25. So, yeah, one, oh, you, you don't want to bet against him, mm. but maybe one to avoid this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bet against him two weeks ago and he killed me. Um, but obviously on the weekend, he uh, killed me in turn by putting the VC back on him. Mm. But we all know he's got kind of that high floor anyway. So maybe if you want to roll the C into him, I guess there's a bit of a, um, a softens yeah, the that's a, Yeah, I don't mind that. But yeah, even so, I think there's like with Sicily playing in that same game alongside this next guy in Lebont, uh, who averages a 121.75 against the Hawks, if you don't mind. Um, and his games thus far, uh, 122 early in the season, 136, a 115 and a 114. So uh, he's in the form of his life. I know some people are worried about potentially Finn McGuinness going to him. I don't think that's going to happen because different kettle of fish. He's yeah, uh, he's taller. Players. 
He's taller than Finn. He's uh, size-wise, frame-wise, he is much, much bigger. He won't be able to, and strength probably as well, wouldn't be able to get around him in the air as well. He's leap, yep. uh, he's overhead marking, which is a strength in his game. All we'll defend Bot him the same do, way. Yeah. Yeah. All Bot needs to do if he gets tagged is just go forward, take clunks, easy as, kick kick bags. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think potentially there's a better matchup with uh, Connor Nash. He's actually 193, 194 yeah. centimeters. It's ridiculous. Um, and can actually, we all know he's played a bit of a tagging role. So maybe he plays a negating role on Bont uh, as to whether or not it's effective is uh, another thing um, and remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, he's a very good option. Uh, goes without saying. Yes. Uh, moving on to the next game, and it is the Saints up against the Tigs. The Tigs. Only one guy here that we've got, mm. and it is Jack Sinclair. He's got an average of 92.25 against the Tigers for scores of 102, 116, 75, and 76. Um, yeah, one one to consider, uh, but not necessarily um, a massive option for you. Yep. Now, let's move on to the next game, and it is put Adelaide up against the Giants. And we have in this game Connor Rosie first up. Uh, he's averaging an 88.75 in his last four. Uh, his most recent game was 154. Uh, then he's got an 84, a 54, and 63 against the Giants. So, um, yeah, again, the main worry for him is the fact that he hasn't really had a ceiling game all season. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's not captaincy worthy, I don't think. No, I agree. Uh, next guy on the list is Zach Butters. He has a score average of 84.75 against the Giants with scores of 96 94, 73, and 76. But again, he's one that kind of could go either way. Mm. I mean, he scored the 137 on the weekend, uh, but realistically his last, well, his last good captaincy score was the week before against Adelaide, but he scored 134. But then before that, we're really looking all the way back to round 10 where he scored 184. Since then, he did not go above 120. So yeah. Uh, or 125 even, like he didn't get anywhere near it. Um, the captaincy worthy score, the closest was a 118 um, in round 13. So yeah, probably one to win, but maybe if you really need to pull something out of that um, late, yep. you could throw, he's playing the last game of the round. So it goes against all prevailing logic. Exactly right, uh, as we all know. Uh, and let's round it out with the last two. And first up, we have Stephen Canilio, uh mm-hmm. Cogs. He averages a 119.75 up against Port. Um, and his recent games against them, he scored 113, a 97, 143, and a 126. So not too bad considering that. Uh, but uh, And his recent form line hasn't been too bad. But I think for me, again, he is someone that's probably down the uh, down the list in terms of all the guys that were spoken about as potential, especially C options, which we he would need to be. Yep. And last guy on the list is Tom Green. Does not have a great average against yeah. the, the power uh, from his three outings with 50, a 59, and a 42 for an average of 50.33 recurring. Uh, but he did return on the weekend with a score of 126. Um, and before he did his hamstring, he had a score of 128 and a 127 against Frio back in round 14. So could be one to consider. Um, again, probably one if you're trying to throw a Hail Mary. Yep, absolutely. Um, yep. That's yeah, it. there's not much more to be said about it. Think about good old Tom Green. Um, but, Liam, let's jump into our little captaincy head-to-head. Let's do it. 
And of course, I had the first pick last episode, and I did end up being the noble person leaving Gorn to you. I did secretly think that maybe Merritt was going to score more than Gorn. It was going to be tough, though. Um, but uh, I ended up choosing. Yeah, and it happened. I ended up choosing your own your own boy there in Merritt, and he delivered me the narrow win by 13 points to extend my lead from 12 wins to your eight in captaincy selections. So, Liam, you have the uh, the first pick this week. Who are you eyeing off? Is there anyone in particular? It's a whole host of names. There's a whole host of names. I like Sicily. I like Merritt. I like Petrarca. Mm-hmm. I like Stuart. I'm going to go. I like Goulden. I like Goulden as a risk. I'm going to have to play like some Like if you could put a VC there. i have to play some music here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, so that's what's going in my head, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go merit. Merit. That's all right. That's good. Well, I can't, I can't go for him anyway. If I if I wanted to, but he would have been my number one choice. Pretty obvious, I think. Um, good old Zachary Merritt. Um, for me, I think I'll be going with. Uh, I think Bond just stands out to me. Mm, I could go for English again, um, but I think with the form that he's in, and now that he sees that Dacos is down and out for the count, um, there's a Brownlow to be won, and I think. You could probably say the same thing for Petrarca up against my mob. Mm. Uh, good form line, good history, um, but I'm going to back in at Le Bond, I think, for me. Yep. And I think for, like, for Melbourne, <laughs> again, they're fighting for that top two spot. Like, mm. I think, I don't know, I've not looked at the ladder. Yeah, something to play that, for. That ladder properly, like, to really look at perm- permutations and um, how, oh, no, well, they are in second spot already. Uh, so yeah, yeah, just making sure they can play that out because there's only point one point one percent between Brisbane and Melbourne at the minute. So yeah. they need to keep winning. Um, and equal on points with yeah. uh, Brisbane and Port. Um, so they could slide as far as fourth yeah. if they lose to Carlton and the yeah. other two win. Uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, and still two games behind uh, the Pies. So mm. yeah, something to consider there. It is time though now, Liam, to have a quick chat to our special guest who we absolutely love to have on our show. He's becoming a regular around these parts and for good reason, as he is one of the biggest gentlemen of Supercoach and the Supercoach community uh, at large. It's Supercoach with DR, of course. And thanks for joining us, DR. Um, give yourself a, a quick plug as well whilst you're at it. Oh, no, you, you are too kind, uh, gentlemen, too kind. Uh, I've been loving your work this preseason. I tell you what, we need to get you to that 1,000 subscriber mark. It'll be absolutely criminal if we don't because you two legends absolutely deserve it. But uh, no, great, to, great to have a chat with you boys again. It's uh, been a little while, been a big season. So uh, mm. big news, obviously, with uh, Dakes coming up this week. But mm. uh, look, for me, mate, really, it's uh, things are starting to sort of Quieten down a little bit with the content. You know, I did a round reviews and a bit of a stocky and do the sword play potty. Uh, we'll do that for probably another couple of weeks. And then uh, a bit of time off, I think, mate. And uh, just look forward to watching some finals football. Uh, yeah. Hopefully all of our clubs will be involved. Uh, yes. Essendon just got over the line. The yeah. Blues are steaming home. And hopefully the Lions can, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe just clasp a, a top two spot. I know at the moment, mate, it's uh, going to be pretty tight up there in the top four. But, uh, yeah, mm. going very, very well. Thanks, gents. And uh, thanks very much for having me on again. Uh, great to have you. Now, DR, first off, let's ask, have to ask how, how are you going this season uh, in 2023? But also another big question, as you alluded to, Dacos is out and many coaches, um, many coaches are going to 
have some issues. Um, we obviously ran through some trade, uh, ran through a few options in our trade segment. Um, so we outlined Cicely Newman, uh, Caleb Sarong, Lukey Jackson, and Zach Butters as some potential options. Um, I guess are you in the fortunate position to have any any trades left? And uh, what is your planned move? Yeah, I do. I've got one trade, and as we're talking pre-podcast one bloody boost as well that I, that I can't use which is a little bit frustrating mate but uh look you can't complain because there's plenty of teams out there that don't have a trade at the moment so mm. I am I do have that luxury of having one trade up the sleeve and I've been preaching for probably the last month if you've got that one trade left just keep it for a rainy day because mm. if a premium and a very highly owned premium goes down and you don't have any trades in the bank, then you could be at a real disadvantage. So I uh, think that anyone that, you know, been like that little squirrel that's kept the nuts, just kept that one nut in the hole in that tree, <laughs> I think uh, you're going to have a big advantage this week. So, yes, I do. But uh, big decisions about who to bring in, boys. Tough decisions. Yeah, yeah very, very tough, mm. isn't it? Is there any – because I know uh, watching your, uh, your video that you uh, uploaded, um, recently you were talking about potentially uh, a DP3 as an option. And maybe even a Jackson as well, but it's awfully hard to, um, I guess, you know, weigh up between uh, which which one to go for, isn't it? It is. Well, again, it, and it comes down to having DPP in your side as well. So a few weeks ago, I moved Dawson into my midfield just to get that extra loop. So lucky enough with uh, obviously Dacos gaining DPP status during the season, I'm able to flick Dawson back get Dacos in the midfield and either get a midfielder like a DP3 or else just bring a forward into the midfield and look to get a, a forward. So, yeah, the two options for me are probably DP3 and uh, Luke Jackson at this stage. Uh, a pod down the back line, I think you've already discussed him. I don't mind his Nicky Newman. Uh, Damon is mm. a Carlton man. You'll probably know best there. But uh, just, just looking at him, you know, his last five, 114, 106, 92, 137, 144, only 10 kick-ins in the last five weeks as well, which surprised me. I just assumed that he'd be taking a fair few kick-ins in order to get these pretty juicy scores. So I think I should look at that as a positive, the fact that he's not relying on those kick-ins to get those decent scores. Being very consistent with that disposal count as well, Twenty, and this in the last five weeks, 23, 23, 23, then 27 up to 35 last week. So with those 23 possession games still hitting the 100, I think, Positives there as well. Massive pod. But as we know, if he fails, you really go down hard. But mm. if he shoots the lights out, then I think you've got a pretty good big leg up on the competition, particularly those people mm. that are going to have Dacos on the bench and maybe a big Campbell Chesser uh, <laughs> replacing him. So, uh, yeah, I do like Newman. And on the other two, uh, DP3, I've sort of changed my mind, I think, after I did my round review. But on Parish, obviously, North Giants and then the Pies – Last six, 131, 126, 92, 109, 101, 119. So in good form there. The other thing I like about this, the fact that he plays with Zach Merritt. And if the tags come 20 Eston midfielder, then it's not going to this man. It's going to Zachary Merritt. And in the form that he's been in lately, surely they may even look to go to him this week. We'll see what happens there. So that's what I like about him. High score this year is only 131 so far. And we know that this man, most years, tends to have at least one really big ceiling game. So I'm not giving up hope yet. There is three rounds to go. He's playing North Melbourne this week. So I've just got a little bit of an inkling that this may be a really big ceiling game. And the last one is Luke Jackson. And this is probably the bloke that I've uh, I've sort of swung to in the last 24 hours, I think. Now, with Jacko, 
This is what I like about him. This is his scores with Shrek out. Don't know if you blokes have gone through this as well. Sorry, but very quickly. No. So around 13, 119, round 14, 118, round 15, Shrek was back, but I think a little bit underdone. So Shrek was in the side, but he scored a 134 there. Then around 19, hit the ton. Only the 87 in round 20, but we know what he did last week with a 173. Yeah. Personally, I'm not a DCAM owner, so yeah. having that ruck swing will just give me some good peace of mind, I think. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not wishing injury on any of my rucks. That would be a disaster, but just in case. And best of all, uh, Big Bad Bailey Williams has been suspended this week. Who on earth they got to ruck there, boys? Like, who's he <laughs> going to be coming up against? I've got no idea, right? Is it a Jack Williams? Is there a bloke named Jack Williams yeah. on the list? I'm not sure. Yeah. Is it him? Look, I, I really don't know. But if Jacko managed to to do that to Darcy Fort, then, yeah, he could be a very, very bad man this week. So uh, after that, is it going to be Vicentini possibly from Port Adelaide? Again, pretty dodgy competition. And then he finishes off with the Hawks, who have been okay in the rucks this year. So they're probably the three I'm looking at, one from each line. But uh, going towards Lukey Jackson with no Shrek at the moment, mate, with that number one ruck roll. Yeah, very nice. It's uh, I think that Jack Williams. He sounds awfully like a bloke they've just pulled off the street, and they probably have uh, because they're uh, they're so bereft of uh, they're running out of uh, of ruck options up there um, over at uh, on the west coast. So yeah, I mean they're all very very nice options as well. But uh, you're in a fortunate position, as you said, with having a trade up your sleeve. Uh, many people yeah. don't, so it's a good sort of um, I guess time for you to potentially rise up the ranks as you have been doing over the over recent weeks. So uh, hopefully that continues for yourself. Uh, but just changing tact here, we just wanted to pick your brain a little bit more because you are so you're you're a, you're a fountain of knowledge when it comes to Supercoach, of course, DR. And we want to pick your brain a bit more about uh, key strategic takeaways and learnings from 2023. I mean, every single season we go into the year with plans, and and we come out of the year always with takeaways, things we learn, things we should have done, things that we have done that we think, okay, that worked. We'll take that into next year. Is there anything really for yourself that sticks out, whether it be in relation to using boosts, which, as you mentioned, you've uh, you've got one up your sleeve or in your pocket you're going to take through to our uh, next year, um, or is it conserving trades, using trades early, um, you know how you manage your bench cover, all that sort of stuff? Is there anything in particular that uh, sticks out for yourself? Well, how long have we got, boys? I've had a pretty ordinary season. Today. <laughs> Depends how long this podcast actually goes for. But it, it's funny, you know. I've played the game for a fair while. I certainly never call myself an expert or, or anything like that. You know, I love the game, and we're all students of the game, I think. But yeah. every year, regardless of how long you've played for, you, you do learn lessons. And I think, given the way that the game's consistently changing year upon year, we just look at the last two years with the amount of trades we've got, things like the booster to come into play different strategies, you've got to constantly keep up with, with what's going on in Supercoach, new game plans, new strategies, new ways of looking at things. So I think that we learn each year. And uh, for me, it's some of those same old lessons as well. And I think one's a really simple one, and it's back your gut. Back your gut. There's been so many times where I've wanted to go with a particular player, and I think sometimes maybe it's that extra pressure of maybe putting out content as well. Like your team's just on display for the whole world yeah. to see. You don't want to stuff up. You don't want to look like a dickhead. And often you think, oh, maybe this gut call isn't right. I may even just go with the crowd here, just make it a little bit easier on myself, just in case things go bad. Well, everyone else has got him, et cetera, et cetera. So that's probably one thing, mate, is, is really back your gut. You know, I made a few changes just after one preseason game as well. You know, I don't know how this happened, but out went, you know, Jordan Dawson. 
in comes Doherty, out goes Dacos, in comes yeah. Ridley. It's like, what the heck am I doing here? Liam Jones makes his way into my side yeah. as well. So I think I probably reacted a little bit too much just to that one preseason game. I got scared yeah. off. And keep in mind, as, as as we all did, boys, remember you coming onto my channel to, uh, to do the Gold Coast team preview. We've been doing our research for months and months and months. Why throw that out in the trash after one uh, after a one-week pre-season event? You know, it, it was just a little bit silly, just a little bit reactive there. And as we know, if you don't nail that starting team, you're in big trouble. You know, 92K was my rank after round one. You know, I've clawed myself close to 3K now, but it's been bloody tough, I'll tell you what. Yeah. So that's probably one thing. Another thing is, and I think this hurt a lot of people, was when Elliot Yo went down. And the lesson learned there is that I was really relying him as that mid-pricer in my defensive line. He was the only mid-pricer that I was looking at at that stage. And when he went out, just that one player, just one mid-pricer, it threw everything out of whack. Wanganee Miller made his way into the side. What the hell happened there? I don't know how this happens, right? But it, it, it just made me change so many other things around. And it was the same last, the season before, when I was dead set starting Kitty Coleman. He had defensive forward DPP. And I was dead set starting him in my back line. When he went down with a hammy, I was actually at that game, uh, all that, that structure stuff went out the window because there was just no other player around that price range that I liked. And I'd sort of already locked him in. So that's another thing. You need to be flexible with your starting team and make sure you don't have particular players that are just immovable because if you need yeah. to move them last minute, like an Elliot Yo, then it could just create some absolute chaos. So there are probably a few lessons in regards to the starting team and early on the year. Be more aggressive with the boost. You, you touched on it before, mate. I've still got one <laughs> sitting there in the bank. Well, I don't officially now because I've got no trades. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was frustrating. I should have probably been a little bit more aggressive. Again, I was probably not – yeah, I was more defensive with him. I thought save him for a rainy day. But if I had have used him earlier, I could have got a bit of a leg up uh, on the competition, I think. So yep. that's probably another one, mate. Uh, look, there, there's so many here. Um, and just, just the other one is – don't get too clever with things, you know. Sometimes yes. simple is better, I think. And uh, going into next year, I think that probably the, the, the structure I'm looking at, I'll probably look for too much value, I think, this year. Um, just really went AFL fantasy style, just value, value, value. Yeah. And I think I need a bit more of a balance next year. Just get those uber elites in, lock in your Timmy Englishes, these sort of blokes, get your must-have rookies and just sprinkle, just sprinkle a couple of those mid-prices on top rather than um, go, going just just sick like I did. I, I went too many mid-prices. So, uh, yeah, some quick lessons there, boys. Many, many more. But as I said, yep. I'd be uh, here for a long time. But just a few quick ones from me there, fellas. We'll have to get you on for a part no, two, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, when we yeah. uh, review our own oh, seasons it, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, spitball. <laughs> yeah, I, I, feel, I feel quite a lot of those. I feel quite yeah. a lot of those uh, yeah. with my own season. Um, but obviously, let's look ahead to next season. Um, still got three weeks, obviously, in 2020, what is it, 2023. Uh, but uh, it is that time of the year where we start to look towards uh, next year. Um, are there any players that you got your eye on um, at this at this early stage? Tim English, Tim English and Tim English. He's killed me <laughs> this year, mate. He's absolutely killed me this year. I, I traded him in last year. I reckon it was for Isaac Heaney and English just did absolutely nothing. I think he gave me yeah. one good game, got injured again or something. I'm like, oh, surely I can't start the man this year. Just way too injury prone. He's like pretty much the only ruck that hasn't gone down. You wouldn't bloody <laughs> believe it, would you? Everyone else seems to have gone down. 
But uh, it, it's just killed me, boys. He's just been so consistent, yeah. basically, probably with Bont, the best player in Supercoach. So he's one that I'm just going to absolutely lock in, I think, next year. And apart from that, I don't have too many more. I really don't have too many more locks, I don't, I don't think, at this stage. Dacos is probably one we think he's going to get defensive DPP uh, or, or defensive status. So I think he'll be one that it'll be really hard not to have on your side. Mm. Uh, but really, apart from that, you know, the, the Clarys of the world, the Lairds of the world that have been locks of the past, I just don't really see them necessarily as locks yes. uh, next year. Yeah. I think the, the race is wide open and the amount of options that we're going to have in our midfield in particular, all these forwards that are going to migrate into yeah. the midfield, the full line's going to be pretty bare, boys. So that's yeah, something that's I'm great. actually looking forward to. We can't just go your Dunkleys, your Cogs, your Rosies and, and leave it at that, your Taranto types. We're going to have to be pretty imaginative and pretty inventive, I think, because pretty much all the big names that we see there this year won't be available next yeah, year. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But Shorty did mention just quickly, and I'll steal Shorty's thunder here, a real pod just, just to throw it out there, maybe pretty nice value next year in mid-price. It could be Kitty Coleman, the man I just mentioned before mm. that I was looking to start a couple of years ago. Yeah, no With no Dan Rich, I, I really see him. I think it's his time to shine and really take over that back line. Lovely left peg. I think he'll be the best man to take in, take those kick-ins. I know Connor McKenna's done a bit. Pepsi Max King's done a bit. They have shared it around, but I think if they are going to commit to one main man there, it's going to be Kitty Coleman as well. So, uh little bit unfit this year few issues there but next year i reckon he's uh red to fire so maybe a bit of a pod there boys but uh yeah, definitely like english and dacos probably they're, they're pretty boring i think but look i'm not going to go too crazy yet locking in all these pods uh i think i'll as i said go pretty vanilla and just sprinkle it a little bit i think yeah, yeah what nice. i'm what i'm considering if sean darcy moves on i reckon forward could be nice lucky jackson Mm. Oh, as as the number one, Numero Uno, mm. we, we went through those scores before. And, exactly. Uh, I think we, with, with this season under his belt as well, maybe he's, he's, he's moved over to WA. He's a WA boy, but new game plan. I've heard Josh Dunkley actually talk a lot about the fact that it did take him a fair while to actually really gel with his teammates. Mm. And that's not on a personal level, but on that game style, gameplay type level. Yeah. Uh, you know, being at the Dogs, you just know where Liver and, and Bonds are going to be type thing. So I think that's something that, can't be underrated as well with mm. Luke Jackson this year, looking at him as an option potentially next year. But as you mentioned, mate, with uh, with Big Shrek potentially out of the Dockers, then, yeah, I'll tell you what, he'll be hard to, to knock back. And he'll also have forward status forward as well. Forward status, I'm, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure as well about that. So with all these blokes, as we just mentioned, going into the midfield, then the Lukey Jacksons of the world become really, really juicy mm. options, I think, mate. That's a, that's a really good call, bud. Yeah, I think the... Uh, just off the back of that as well, like there's going to be a bit of change up in variability, I think, because yeah. Grundy is another one who could potentially go across to Port and, um, yeah, you know, he could be the outright cool. ruck. And uh, we all know that, you know, Grundy, when he's at full flight and full fitness, what he can do. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, Sean Darcy, if he goes to Geelong, I mean, Geelong's probably more of an aging list, um, less sort of hit out to advantage potentially. Um, but yeah, that, that, that sort of forward line, as you mentioned, with the, uh, you know, the removal of DPP status for those mids or, you know, I guess genuine mids that have the mid forward status. Um, and then, yeah, of course, uh, in the ruck line with the amount of options there, it's going to be quite interesting, isn't it? It's going to be crazy. Absolutely, mate. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Big, big Shrek. Brent, my, my mate Brent, you would have seen him on the podcast the other day. He swears by the fact that if Darcy goes down to Geelong, he's going to be twice a player because he's got this huge theory about all the travel 
that the WA yeah, teams okay. do, particularly on the big men and their bodies. So the fact that he'll be playing for Victorian club won't have to travel near as much. Basically, every second week yeah. they have to at Frio. He's a big believer in that, mate. Yeah, so I uh, may actually grow another leg. I know it's an yeah. aging midfield, but uh, now that you mention it, um, yeah, there are a few options. Maybe Tim English yeah. isn't yeah. as much for lock as what I was <laughs> Oh, no, no. I'm not going to stuff around. Yeah. Bugger it, mate. No, I'm not listening no. to this shit. I'm locking in Timmy, mate. Yeah. Maybe it are too. Maybe it are yeah. too. And then, yeah. and then, of course, there's Gorn as well, who uh, if Grundy leaves, yeah. we all know what he's doing at the of moment. Course. So, yeah, there's uh, set and forget English and Gorn. It'll be those people that go for maybe one of English and Gorn and go for maybe a Luke Jackson or a Darcy or the like. It's going to be uh, very, very interesting and see the way things are, the way the, the cards fall. But um, moving on now, I guess, to another discussion point, and it's something that we touched on with uh, Joe from the Centre Bounce, who we had on last week. Uh, really good discussion, and I uh, want to continue it on and just sort of gauge uh, if any other content creators out there have any ideas uh, or, I guess, yeah, um, anything that come to mind with regards to uh, potentially, I guess, looking into the future of Supercoach in 2024, but beyond that, uh, if there's any sort of ideas of how to, I guess, improve the game or maybe further advance Supercoach, um, you know, because I guess the, the main thing is the longevity side of things. A lot of people, as we all know, like in terms of viewership and listenership, this time of year as content creators, we know that falls down because the you know amount of interest in playing Supercoach just dwindles and pretty much seizes for a lot of uh, coaches out there because no one's got any trades anymore or there's heaps of injuries and suspensions as we've seen this year. But like, is there anything that comes to your mind that you'd love to see introduced or are you happy with the way things are structured with Supercoach at the moment? Oh, look, firstly, I obviously love the game like you two boys do. Uh, I do know Al, Al Payton, spoken with a fair bit, Tim Mitchell, and uh, they are absolutely ripping lads. So uh, shout out to them. They're always, you know, open to feedback. I know for a fact they're always looking to improve the game. So with things like the boost, you know, a few extra yeah. trades, some people like the extra trades. Some people don't, but what you can't argue with is the fact that they are trying to make some positive changes yeah. and engage the, the, the whole audience. And that's the thing, isn't it? You know, I know we we're talking about Liam's great idea about possibly the three tiers. I think that's a fantastic idea as well, because as, as I just touched on, some people want less trades like your shorties of the world. Some people want more you know, towards that fantasy style of game. So with the three-tier level, that could certainly cater to, to all audiences there. I really like that. But uh, again, I'm going to steal some thunder here. This is something that Spills brought up. I reckon it would have been maybe a couple of months ago now. And it was when I reckon he was about 10, 20K down on being able to make a trade. And he said, geez, wouldn't it be great to have some sort of a loan system? Now, again, I, we haven't really nutted this out, if there's going to be interest, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe just a couple of times a year, like you've got your five boosts. Could you have one or two loans? Now you'd need to pay this money back. What would the loan be? Could it be maybe 50K or, or 100K? Yes, okay. You could just have a quick loan. Maybe you've got a month to pay it back. All these things are up for discussion, but let's just say you could take out a loan for 100K and you got a month to pay it back. No interest. That could really get you a trade over the line that you're desperate to do. And in the meantime, rookies make some more money call one give that 100k back and you've been able to make your trade everything's equal again everything's as it should be uh so i think that could be something that's interesting interesting maybe maybe a bit of a loan system there uh something that i was thinking about but the more that i think about it i just don't think that it could work because the corruption could be unbelievable but i was thinking more in a league setting you know if if i'm sitting there Mm. with you know 300k in the bank five less trades than someone else, 
I go to old mate uh, in the league. Well, mate, you know, you're sitting on a few extra trades here. You could use with 100K. How about if I slip 100K your way, one of those trades comes my way? You know, what do you reckon about that? <laughs> so the issue there is that you could get some dodgy happenings. Couldn't you imagine if you had yeah. that Nakashi? Someone's gone, right, mate, I'm struggling yeah. at the moment. You're right yeah. up there at the top. Let's go 50-50. I'll yeah. give you everything that I have, basically. Give me pittance <laughs> for it. I'll give you the world. We'll split that down the middle, and you're going to have this monster team. So, yeah, I don't know if that would actually work, the more that I think about it. But uh, in some sort of, I don't know, custom league situation, it could be yeah. possible, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, probably the big one for me, mate, is that that loan system. Two loans a, a year, uh, 100K, or you could even have a 50K and 100K and maybe four weeks to pay it back. So uh, that's just uh, a wacky idea that, that I, I can't really claim that one. Uh, my man Spills came up with that one. So we'll go with Spills, his one on that yeah. one, mate, the old loan system. Yeah, don't mind it, don't mind it. And with that, uh, I yeah. guess buying trades and stuff is kind of something we discussed uh, last week with Joe as well, yeah. like using some of your salary cap to potentially like buy trades um, because obviously the, the team appreciates over, over the course of the year and it means that you're sacrificing some of your salary cap, which you would you know ordinarily put towards upgrading your team. Uh, perhaps you take a little bit of a haircut and uh, trade in some of that cash to get in an extra trade. Who knows? Um, and it obviously reward those players that uh, are looking to, you know, buy low, sell high type, you know, the old AFL fantasy. So maybe there's a bit of an appeal to traditional AFL fantasy or dream team uh, players. But um, yeah, like t- the tier system that uh, that you referred to as well, that Liam brought up last week, which uh, just to give perspective for those people who didn't tune in is virtually having, you know, when you first sign up to Supercoach, it asks you, are you a beginner, an intermediate or expert? And it would virtually be a three-tier system where, you know, the top prize at the moment would be for the uh, the experienced, intermediate would be less than that, and then the beginner would be maybe just play for, I don't know, bragging rights or something like a trophy or something that Supercoach puts out there. Um, but then the beginner tier would have, um, you know, unlimited trades, uh, a little bit more trades with intermediate and then with the uh, the expert would be, you know, what we're dealing with at the moment. Uh, but Liam, is there anything that I've missed there that you kind of uh, were thinking about with the, uh, the idea? Because I love it. It's a really good idea. Not really. I think I think that's it. But I think it's also being able to play across if you wanted mm. to. So you might want to play, have multiple teams. Maybe you can't, maybe you can only go for the prize in the, the biggest league that you're in, the highest league. You can't win the prize in all of them. Um, but just being able to play different strategies and different different ways across different different uh, tiers, I guess. Yeah, because the beginner tier really does work to, um, I guess, from a from a, a business perspective, like in terms of the people who run the yeah, show yeah, and who are son of Supercoach, they grab like, you know, a, a slice of the, the AFL fantasy pie with trying to nab some of their uh, – their uh, their clients or their their customers that play the game and get them to come across and, and build the uh, the playership I guess um, with the super coach. But also side holds their attention. Mm. Holds their attention for the whole season. If you can make trades until the end of the year, um, you're gonna be sticking around week to week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other idea I had, which uh, I don't mind, is kind of borrowing from the AFL Fantasy, which is virtually having like a utility um, yeah, spot, like but it's only reserved for if there's suspensions or injuries. So unless a player has a designation that they're injured or suspended, you're not actually able to use that player. Um, so it does help oh, for those nice. weeks where, yeah. you know, you don't have to use a trade. You're not forced to use a trade, but maybe I'm not too sure what the parameters would be around choosing a play in that position. Maybe you you know, because you're swapping out a suspended or injured player into that spot, 
Maybe it's someone around about the same price or someone that's averaging the same as them or around about the same. Um, so you do need parameters, but yeah, that's sort of another idea that, that came to mind as well. Um, that uh, I think who, who was it? Um, is it uh, STS? Uh, another yeah, content, legend. Yeah, another content yeah, creator. He had a very similar yeah. thing, yeah. So I don't mind that as well. Yeah, beautiful. And it's great discussion because, as I said, you know, you, you've got to throw up these ideas because the blokes, I guarantee you, do actually listen to it. And mm. uh, the, the more ideas we put out there, then, um, you know, the better the game will be. So, uh, yeah, love the discussion, boys. Some really, really good ideas there. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. Now, just before we uh, we wrap up, uh, would be remiss to go on without asking you, who is your captain and your VC for this week? Well, at the moment, uh, I'm going with the same VC that I went with this week, and that's a Zachary Merritt yes. uh, coming up against North. Look, he may get the tag, but that's all good because he's a vice. You know, I think that yeah. you'd be pretty nuts to, to pass this man up. You know, there's no guarantee the tag's going to go there. I think last time, was it around a 110? I think he moved into the, mm. the forward line and started doing some yeah. damage around there, or I know he moved out of the midfield anyway. So He went nuts in the first I, quarter. Well, there you go. So nuts in the midfield, and then then moved out. Yeah, he? got tagged. I think he started in the started in the midfield. I think he had like five tackles in the first quarter, two holding the balls, kicked two goals, went nuts. Oh, I do remember um, that now, actually. And then he got now tagged. That, mate. Yeah, then yes, he got tagged, yes. and then they moved him moved him forward, and he yeah played a bit more forward. Yeah, look, in current form, I know he's had a dodgy game in the last few weeks, but. It's hard to deny, I think, early game. Yeah. So I think I'll lock him in. And the other bloke I was going to lock in as my captain or, or my backup, I've got cold feet on now, depending on what happens with the team sheets. It was going to be Max Gorn. I'm a Max Gorn owner. He's been really mm. delivering for me and probably a big reason for me you yeah. know, going going up in the ranks slightly over the last month. But with Harrison Petty going down, does this mean that, that Brody Grundy comes yes. back into the side? Yeah. I hope not because <laughs> – it could kill my pick. It could absolutely kill my pod. Uh, oh, geez, I'm not looking forward to team sheets, boys. Uh, I'm praying that they go with someone else. They mm. find some other solution that is not Brody Grundy. Uh, but, yeah, with, with Petty out, I think he could be the replacement. So if he comes in, then I'm not looking at Maxi. I don't think. I'd probably switch to track. I know that he really dominated against yeah. uh, your boy last time. I think it was about a 160. Yep. So uh, hard to go past him. It's hard to go past yep. your bond as well. But, uh, yeah, for me, mate, Zerit into uh, one of the Melbourne boys, preferably Maxi with no Grundy, I think. And that's really just based on current form. You know, he's he hasn't gone below, what, 120 in the last month, and he's gone a couple of absolute monsters. So uh, that's probably where I'm looking at, boys. Uh, how about yourselves? Uh, Liam, who are you looking at this week, mate? Uh, going Definitely. with your boy, Zerit? You got faith yeah, in... Uh, in your boy? Yeah. Yeah, Merit VC. Um, I think, as you said, there's not really much reason not to worry about him in your forward. Uh, in, as a as an early pick, VC, if he gets tagged, it's okay. C's a little harder. <laughs> um, Jeez. I mean, I've got Libba, who I don't mind. Um Repaid the faith this week with a 159. Could look at him against Hawthorne. Um, down in Tassie. Uh, otherwise, who else is there? Just trying to look at there's, my there's teams. A, there's a cis dog. There is him there. Probably one of those two yeah. in that game, I reckon. Yep. It's probably my 
my V, uh, my C. It's going to be interesting with uh, with that because you know Bont English uh, and Sicily in the same game, and with uh, with Sicily coming up against the Dogs, the Dogs actually concede uh, the most points behind. Uh, actually, I think they're the most points overall um, in terms of counting general defenders and designated kickers. They are by far and away the uh, the most uh, conceding to opposition defenders. So. Don't mind that. It's a really good matchup for Sis, but it does worry me. I mean, we said the same thing about when he was facing St. Kilda, had that awesome game, 172 or whatever it was. Um, and then, you know, obviously Ross Lyon, for the first time all season, changed up the forward setup and um, the way they entered the uh, the forward 50 yeah. and kicked it longer as opposed to kicking shorter. And uh, Sisley couldn't uh, couldn't weave his magic. So I'm a little bit worried. Could be bevoed. But, um, yeah, he, he kind of will be a bit of a um, bit of a pod, I think, compared to, uh, yeah. to Bont and English especially. I'll tell you one I just saw here, boys, and look, I wouldn't I wouldn't be confident putting the actual C on him, but he's one of those blokes that, that's got a massive ceiling. If you're going to bypass Zeret as your VC, which I think is going to be pretty hard to do, but uh, Sydney are playing Gold Coast at the SCG, and Errol Goulden, yes. I'll tell you what, yeah. he's, he's been in pretty fine form. My boy. So if you want to go a real pod, a real pod VC, or even oh, – you could go as your captain. I just don't like putting Errol as my captain, you know, because he, he yeah. can throw in a 50 or a 60. But just yeah. another one just to throw out there, uh, someone that's got a, a massive ceiling that uh, that could deliver if you've got yeah. the Yakahunas to do it. Yep, I like it. He's definitely a um, an out-there pick as well, especially in these league finals if you're in – you know, uh, a semi-final is it this week? Like, you know, you obviously need the win. Um, so, you know, if you need a point of difference, that's uh, that's definitely one ticket to uh, to getting the uh, the point of difference. Absolutely, mate. Definitely. Easy. Well, DR, thanks for joining us, mate. Really do appreciate uh, you taking the time to jump on as always. And it's always a pleasure to, uh, to, to have you here uh, on our shores. So you're welcome back anytime. Um, let us know. We'll obviously uh, extend the invitation out whenever you're free. Um, such is the greatness. We were, I wasn't going to mention this, but uh, I will mention it because we did extend the invitation out last week and uh, we we're recording on a Tuesday, which is unlike us. We couldn't do it on the Monday. Um, and you actually were recording your, I think it was a sort of play podcast. It might've been then. Um, and you, yeah. you actually said, no, I can push back our record in order to come on. And I'm like, <laughs> that that there just speaks levels to how much of a gentleman yeah. you are. So I really do appreciate it, mate, and everything you do for the community as well and really enjoy your content. Um, like I said, getting your mate on and stuff as well, just always entertaining, mixes things up, <laughs> pass on our regards as well to him. He was uh, he was great. <laughs> oh, well, mate, thank you. You, you boys, uh, you are way too kind, fellas, way too kind. It's always, uh, always an absolute pleasure. Uh, chatting with you lads and uh, again the invitation is extended anytime for you blokes we need to have you blokes on the sword play because we do like to get it I always say this with, with the greatest love and affection but uh, a couple of loose units uh, <laughs> I know you guys as but uh, it, it's all it's all fun and again what, what I love about what you guys do is you've you've got that that really good balance I think um, which is really important between having that laugh having the banter having a good time as well as delivering some top-notch advice as well boys so uh, I'll be making sure that I'm tweeting this out we need to get 1,000 <laughs> channel ASAP <laughs> because uh, the, the work that you guys do as well is phenomenal not just on YouTube but on Twitter as well so uh, thank you very much for having me gents it's uh, always absolutely fantastic to be on and I uh, look forward to having a chat ASAP as well, Legends. Pleasure. And you can see down there as well, uh, head to YouTube, just uh, just lastly, Supercoach with DR, and Twitter as well. Hit him up at Supercoach underscore DR. Um, and you'll see 
how much of a passionate Brisbane Lions man he is as well, uh, super coach <laughs> aside as well. So um, all the very best uh, for the remainder of the super coach season and likewise for the Brisbane Lions uh, as we round out the home and away season, heading into finals for the uh, for the Lions. So thanks again, DR. Really do appreciate it. Peace, brothers. Good on you, mate. Very nice. Well, he's always a joy to have on. Mm, absolutely. Uh, uh, but Liam, before we wrap things up, let's run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 21. Yes, uh, Supercoach Edge pub- public group leader is again the carryover leader with Adam with his team all too hard. He had a round score of 2,561 and he has jumped from 19th to 11th. So he is absolutely flying at the right time of the season. Uh, Damon, who was the top scorer for the round? Uh, Top scorer for the round was a familiar name we spoke of a few weeks ago, Mm. and it is Andy with his team Bod's squad. A round score of 2,624, a round rank of 41st, and an overall rank of 140. Yep, so flying. Absolutely flying. Now, for our patron exclusive group, the leader is none other than T Prestitutes Inc., who is, of course, Jonas Goat, yet again, who was our top round scorer. He has a round score of 2,405, an overall rank of 368. Now, Damon, you made up 21 points on him this weekend, Mm. but you're still 212 points behind with, uh, what, three weeks to go. So I think... I'm going to say, I'm going to say Jonas has one hand. No, I'm going to say he has mm. two hands. Yep. He has two hands on the, on the crown, but uh, you're almost there. You're climbing. I don't know. I'm going to use a lot of analogies. You're like just, just below him <laughs> as you climb this mountain. Although having said that, uh, he has actually commented on my team talk video on YouTube, of course. And he said with Nicky boy, Decos gone for the year, I will be fielding either Chinkotta or Chessa at D6. Chessa, yes. Chessa, choose Chessa. So he reckons, he goes, so you will catch me in the rankings. I don't know if I will, but I love how the fact that he's preempted this before this actually goes to air. So he's like channeling. He knows exactly what's going on here. Good old Jonas. Yes. Don't know if I'll catch him though. 212 points is a lot in what, three weeks? Yeah. Geez, that's seven four. It's like seventy points a week after. You can do it. Like it's not. It's not impossible, yeah. but it's just it. There's not much room for error. Yeah. On exactly. your part. Yeah. Yeah, he has to. I have to outscore him every single week, virtually, which is hard enough in itself, considering he's outscored Absolutely me most week. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the highest weekly score goes to Sharpshooters. Uh, round score of two thousand four hundred and seventy-eight with an overall rank of two thousand. 169th. So well done Very there. Well done to Brett. To I Brett. Say his name is. Yes. And as it turns out, I'm facing him this week. In the the final. ultimate supremacy. Mm, yes. And uh, let's have a look at the Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League. That is an absolute mouthful. Um, Damon, because uh, you're right. It was the first week of finals. Mm. The results. I'm going to go through the results, and then you can look at the fixture yep. for next week. Uh, results looked something like this. Uh, Matthew took on Carps. Matthew with his team, Tan618, took on Wade with his team's Carp Crushers, and Matthew took out the win, 2411 to 2323. Uh, and uh, Damon, you got the week off, as long as 
as well as sharpshooters straight through mm-hmm. to the semis. Um, and the other matchup was Tankers up against mm. uh, Peter with his team Tankers up against Scott with his team Black on White. And Tankers scored, Peter scored 2,367. Ooh. Scott Arthur, he scored 2,397. So there was a 30 point win to oh. Scott Arthur with his team Black on White, unfortunately for Peter, knocked yep. out in the. Olaf, what's this? Olaf, the elimination, Olaf. elimination final. Yes, that's right. Yes, um, yeah, unfortunate there. Uh, close game, and that always hurts as well. Like you almost want to be just like trounced because like yeah. I was never in it. Um, but I know Peter. I had a chat to him, of course, for those people tuning in. As you'd probably already know, if you regular listeners and viewers, he is our combined father-in-law, and he mentioned Liam that uh, he's putting the blame solely on someone you traded out, Jack Steele. Ugh. Typical he, steal. He obviously uh played that negating role and he's blaming by extension Ross Line um stuffing him up. And I remember like he was asking us, he was like, Oh, do I go for Jack Steele? Do I go for this player? He said he was keen on Sarong potentially as an option. Yeah. Well, um went for Steele. I, I said to him, I would have gone the exact same route. There was no indication that Steele was gonna play a negating role. He hasn't in yeah, of course, yeah. Yonkers, and he's actually recaptured his form, his fitness, everything else. So yeah, really unfortunate there for him. Um, let's have a look at the second round of finals. And we have, as I mentioned, uh, myself and the sharpshooters, we're facing off first and second. We had the week off, kicked our feet up, and we're just prepared, put in the hard work, hard yards, um, ready, foreign, ready to go. Uh, and then we also have, as you mentioned, uh, Tun618, Matthew's team got the win on the weekend. He went through and he's facing black on white. Scott Arthur's team. So that's going to be an absolute ripper limb because yeah. um, especially, I guess there's permutations with uh, my game with sharpshooters because the winner of this game goes straight, straight through. through to the grand final. Um, such is the smaller league. Uh, that's the way it works. As strange as it is. Um, and then of course, uh, sharpshooters gets a double chance or myself if I ended up losing uh, and we end up facing off against the winner between ton 618 and black on white. Very, very nice. Good awesome. luck to you, well, Damon. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck to everyone else as well uh, this good weekend. Good luck to Damon. Good, good <laughs> luck. I don't know if that's even... Better luck. Good, good luck. You sound like bloody Franco Costa. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck uh, buying my furniture. And he's it, coming not, back in next week. He, he is. He actually has to make an appearance uh, before the season is done, and he will. <laughs> don't worry. Just remind me. Um but Liam, that brings us to the end of the show. But before we Slime go, where can, our, where can uh, our listeners? You mean you mean you mean write him a letter in prison? Uh, where can our <laughs> listeners find us across our socials? That's what it is, isn't it? Sliding to his DMs. Yeah, um, you slide DMs. the you slide the letter under the, the I don't know the, the DM bus. the DM grade doors. I don't know what DM. You is. you you hand it you hand it to the warden. The warden answer to uh, one of the uh, one of the I don't know what they call them whoever works in prisons and then they go down there and they knock on his they wrap on his uh, <laughs> they wrap the baton on the um, on the prison bars. Hey Franco, you got you got I don't know why they're like they're telling hey Franco, you got yourself a letter. Like okay, he's like some mafia dude. Oh thank you. <laughs> he's like the don. 
He's actually secretly the Godfather. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, I got a yes. fantasy in my mind. Could make a, uh, a a film out of that. That is it. That is it. <laughs> oh, but that does bring us to the end of the show. But before yep. we go, we are going to run through the socials for you. YouTube, search Supercoach Edge, and don't forget to like and subscribe mm-hmm. on Twitter slash X. Search Supercoach. You can find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. You'll find Damon at, at DamoJ88. You find myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Very nice. Well, as always, if you love the content we provide, make sure to let us know by subscribing to our YouTube channel, as you mentioned, Liam, and help us in our pursuit of hitting 1K by the end of the season. We're now sitting at 9.35, so we need to average an extra 20, 21 subs each week across the next three weeks in order to hit our target and activate our giveaway. Now, they're not going to know what it is unless uh, they subscribe, which if they don't, uh, we don't hit that uh, that that milestone. We're just gonna have to wait for next season for that potentially, or potentially the season after that. Year. Exactly. Maybe maybe they just have to wait until twenty thirty seven. That's a long way away. That's a long long way away. So there's incentive for you. That is incentive. <laughs> but, but Liam, that's it for another episode. I'm actually off to get my two wisdom teeth out tomorrow. So hopefully I'm all healed up and able to talk properly this time next week. Otherwise, it'll just be Liam and I'll just be there nodding. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, but at least, at least my you wife... used up. No, sorry. Keep going. I was going to say, at least my wife uh, gets a little bit of peace and quiet uh, in the meantime, <laughs> she'll be happy with. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully the, uh, at least you used up all your trades before you got your wisdom teeth out. So. Ah, because uh, I'll be unwise. You'll be unwise from, from next, next week. Oh no. I'm going to lose all my super coach powers after this. Hopefully they weren't storing <laughs> your teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I can tell you they're not because one was an infectious, annoying thing. So that needs to come out. Mm. Um, but uh, anyway, we'll see how we go. And hopefully I am on the mend enough to um, have another yarn. Have another yarn. Thank you, Liam. We've uh, got two more episodes to go. So we're near, we're near the finish line. Um, but as always, thanks for tuning in. All the best for the round ahead. And we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys.